0: Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Matt Sin, also known as Wrestle Life Matt, and this is Wrestle Life Radio, episode one hundred and thirty-one. That's a lot of episodes. That is a lot of episodes. I'm here with BWC, B Dubs, my beautiful wife Carol, and my little brother Micah. Say hi, Micah. Salut, Micah. <laughs>
1: what is that? Uh, that is Siri doing my dirty work for me and saying hello
0: Micah, in french. <laughs> I'm like, well, I know it's not spanish and I know it's not japanese. Those are the only other two I know other than english. I don't know what that is, but mika sounds very french. Yeah. Hmm. That's actually how most people pronounce my name when they see it spelled
1: which I might is wrong. Start calling you mika. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. Actually, like uh it. mika is spelled the same way, but it's a completely different name and I do not answer to it.
0: I would if I were. you. Yeah, I don't think I would either. I don't think I would either. Oh my Sorry gosh. to all yeah. of Mika's out there. Sorry, Mika. We, we have so many things to go over today. Um, we have the AEW Dynamite, which is the first one that my wife and I have not been to since the fans have been back. Because, spoiler alert, those fans that you saw in the stands Fake. weren't actually there. Fake yeah. fans. So I've uh, been crowd
1: noise, too. We'll talk about that.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was very WWE, and I didn't care for that. But otherwise, the show was pretty good. Uh, we'll talk about that. We're going to talk about SmackDown briefly, which was a pretty good show for WWE standards. It was a very good show, and then we're going to talk about Raw, which might be the worst wrestling show I've seen this year. Uh, so that would be <laughs> just this year. That is <laughs> good. Gonna- I-, I can't wait. Like I'll- you, know, you guys know, you long-time listeners know that sometimes I get giddy because a show is so bad. I can't wait to talk about. Ratchet Did Music. they jump the shark so- this week? I- <laughs> Did they jump the shark? No, but someone got eaten by a shark. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. But before we get into WWE, and right before we get into Dynamite, we have to do this day in wrestling history. And today is September 23rd, 2020. 20, nope, sorry. 33 years ago today, oh my gosh, the Mega Powers formed. Micah, do you know who the Mega Powers are? It's Hulk Hogan. Yes, Macho Man. That's correct. That's all. That's you that's that's it, right? That's the answer. Okay. Yeah, Mega Powers. Uh, and of course, Miss Elizabeth was. With uh, there. That's what I
1: was about to say. I was going to say Elizabeth, but
0: yeah, that was the uh, the awkward handshake promo when the Mega Powers formed.
1: Yeah, and then causes some some personal issues between Macho Man and Hulk
0: Hogan. Watch that Dark Side of the Ring.
1: Yeah, very good episode. Very
0: very interesting. Very interesting. They hated each other for a long time, yeah. um, and I, I even think to Macho Man's death, I think they were still feuding, which is sad. Yeah, it is sad. Yeah, because they were friends for a long time. But um, either way, let's move right on into AEW and uh, a really interesting first segment and an absolutely terrific first match, in my opinion. I know we might have some different opinions, but let's move into it. So I'm going to uh,
1: stand in place of my wife here, and uh, and I share the the opinion as well. You know, I I just wasn't. I didn't. I wasn't interested in this match. I just wasn't. Uh, FTR. Is FTR? They've had some good matches, but FTR versus Jurassic Express is just not a match I honestly wanted to see. If I'm being honest, uh, I know that you were telling me you're like, "How great was that match?" And I was like, eh, "It's it was okay. It was an okay match. Uh, they they had some really good moments, but it just didn't really click for me. It just didn't." Um, so so what did what did you two think about the match? I mean, I didn't I didn't love the match. Riley just really didn't like the match at all. But I know Matthew, you loved it. What about you, Carol? What did uh, what do you think about it?
2: Um, I love Jurassic Express, so I'm always happy. Um, I don't care about FTR, and so
1: it's, so it it's, sounds like to me that Matt's outvoted. Is that what you're saying? That's,
2: that's correct. I will say, yay Jurassic Express! But eh, I would have rather seen someone else on the other side.
1: Man, look at just, that! Look at just that. to be
0: clear, boom, Maddie. Just to be clear, we had top guys doing top guy things in this match. Uh, but before that started, the young bucks superkick the superkick. The young bucks superkick the referee. Don't forget about that. Yeah,
1: it was uh, Mike Posey, again taking some damage, which is um, funny.
0: He is the jobber ref. Yeah, they he's, usually they don't even name him really.
1: He's the one that uh, that Matt Hardy laid out, thinking of Sammy yep. Guevara, even yep. though he looks nothing like Sammy Guevara.
0: I mean, absolutely nothing. <laughs> Not even um,
1: close. But yeah, uh, FTR won via a dirty pin, which yeah. is which is a good way to win this match. Yes, in my opinion, Uh, I have seen some conspiracy theories online that perhaps the replacement ref is uh, is in FTR's pocket or rather they're they're in his pocket.
0: It was Paul Turner.
1: Yes, that's right. Uh, The same referee for Hangman versus FTR. And there was some shenanigans and that that one. He he had a little uh, if you if you watch back the clip. There was a spot when uh, I think Hangman was going for the ropes and uh, about to break a pin, and then FDR did something dirty, and then Paul Turner, like, winked at one of the guys, and that's when they won. Now, me and you may be saying, well, wrestling's not real. That's just him saying, hey, in the match. It's like, but no. Paul Turner is the fourth of the fourth horsemen. Four horsemen. <laughs> uh, it has been confirmed now on Wrestle Life Radio. You heard it here first, folks. Well, uh, You've got FTR, Sean Spears... And Paul Turner, so there you go. I'm looking forward to see what they do with this stable going forward. I am fully on board with the conspiracy theories, but no, it 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 it, it was just a little. It's a it's a thing that refs do. They they, you know, they have to let the guy know. Hey, people in my ear are saying, wrap it up. Let's get the match over yep. with. So it's he's not really the fourth horseman, but if he is, you heard it here fir- first. Yes. But yeah. I I thought this match was okay. So Matthew's outvoted. I think we've we've decided this match.
0: I want to go over. I want to go over how the match started because I really think it's important to not g- gloss over the Young Bucks stuff. So the Lucha Brothers, Lucha Brothers, my gosh, uh, the Jurassic Express came out, followed by the Young Bucks who double superkicked Mike Posey, mm-hmm. and then took a giant strap of bills, which was supposedly five thousand dollars, tossed it at Tony Khan and said, "If you're going to find us, find us." And they walk away, and then FTR is there, and they start jawing each other at each other, even though they're both heels. And uh, yeah, FTR versus the Young Bucks are planting those seeds. I don't really know if they're going to do a hill versus hill or whatever, but it was Tony good. Did Tony
1: Khan look like an unpaid intern? Yes, he did. He always he back there
0: good.
1: With yeah. his, his t shirt and shorts. And they threw the money in. I was like, what? What is it? It, it was like, he's a billionaire. It was like, why are these peasants throwing change at me? <laughs>
2: <laughs> these peasants. So. Uh,
0: yeah, this match was terrific, though. You guys are incorrect. It was absolutely stupendous. i uh, the, the end of the match was really interesting with not only Dax Harwood helping Cash Wheeler get the pinfall, but also Tully Blanchard. They were right. like making a chain holding down. I think it was Jungle Boy, right?
1: Yeah, Jungle Boy.
0: Yeah, yep. it True. was great. It aired, The Revival, it
1: or the, the Revelation, whatever they're or called. The Revelation, yeah.
0: The Revelation, which uh, is the book of the Bible that the four horsemen are in. That's right. So I want to point that out. It's,
1: yeah, Tolly Blanchard. Also a preacher, so he's got a lot of the uh, revelations to build on. I'm, I'm actually yeah. curious how he can work more stuff in from Revelation because I'm pretty sure he will. Oh yeah, mm, and in, cool. in leading up, I think that'll be really cool. Yeah, cool. Uh, but yeah, that match was was that match. Uh, we go backstage. We've got Alex Marvez who did survive the super kick last week from the Young Bucks uh, after he made his thwop sound, and we see <laughs> no. we see Matt Hardy on the ground. He's like writhing in pain. And private party there with knee. him, yeah. He's holding yeah. his knee, and and, and private party. Like, this this was kind of dumb, okay. So private party's like, I don't know. We were just standing there, and and then he started freaking out. It's like you didn't you didn't notice somebody come up and hit him with a bat in the knees. Maybe I misunderstood <laughs> this, but they acted like he'd been shot or something from long distance. But then in walks Chris Jericho and Jake Hager. Chris Jericho's got his baseball bat, and it's like, oh Matt, you're not really having the best week, are you? <laughs> And it's like, come on, if Chris Jericho and Jake Hager would have walked up and hit him with a bat, I think Private Party would have noticed. Yeah. You think? Very likely. But, you Do know. Do not
2: question Le champion.
1: Yeah. That's right. He he rolled a, a critical save. In- <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Stealth. So. Yeah, it was uh, is an interesting little segment. It's interesting that, you know, you got Chris Jericho and, and Jake Hager. They found a way to connect them versus Private Party because they've got a match announced later. Build some heat for the match. And also, call back to Matt Hardy. So, it's fine. But, again, a little weird. Yeah. But, let's talk about the next match. Yes, please. So, before the match, first of all, Kenny joins commentary. Yes. So, you've got Excalibur, Kenny, JR, and Tony. Which I think all did a very good job tonight. They did. Uh, I think that's worth mentioning.
0: Very glad to see Excalibur back. Or hear Excalibur Yesed. back.
1: so good. Hey, seeing him too. He's a good looking man. That mask is just beautiful. I get it. Got the long dread hair thing going on with the mask. I don't know what those are. Anyways, we have Hangman Adam Page versus Frankie Kazarian. And I'll be honest, this is the first time I've seen Hangman wrestle in singles competition since what? Like the week after Revolution, I think.
0: It's been a long time. It's
1: been a long, long time. And Kenny mentioned that. And he was talking about, throughout the match, how rusty he is and, you know, how he's been a tag team wrestler for so long. Kenny was so good here. Kenny, he was stupendous. Kenny was perfect. He did the perfect job of playing a bad friend. Yeah. But, yeah, this match was, if you enjoy New Japan-style matches, you enjoyed this match. It was yes. It was like playing a video game with a cheat code for all reversals on. Yes. It, everything Hangman was throwing at Kazarian, it was reverse reverse. They, they had this move when, like, Hangman bounced off the ropes. Kazarian dodged him. He bounced off the ropes. It was just so cool. This whole match was so cool. I can't even describe how cool this match was.
0: Yeah. That was a spot where Hangman was preparing for the Buckshot Lariat, and Kazarian just, like, basically grabbed the ropes and used the ro- the momentum of the ropes to toss him over the top and mm-hmm. hit him with a This It was just great. So... So good. If you didn't watch this match, go watch this match. I think Melzer gave it like a
1: four point. I'm sorry, a four point two five. Yeah, it it deserved more than that. I mean, this is is almost a five star match for me. Just
0: it was really a good. terrific free TV match. I mean, exceptional. Fan. And I would have been okay with it on a pay per view. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah, with a little bit of lead up to it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Hangman Adam Page did manage to win with the Buckshot Lariat. Uh, after he wins. He's looking around for his friend Kenny, but Kenny has scurried off to the back. Immediately he's rushing. He's like, All right guys, I gotta go. I'll see you later. Takes his headset off, runs to the back. As Hang soon man, as
0: he got the three. Immediately. As soon as he lay, he got the pin, yeah.
1: Hangman's got his hand raised in the air. He's like, Yeah, I want a match, I want a match. He's looking around for Kenny all excited, and Kenny's gone. And then yep. hangman's disposition just drops. And, oh my gosh, man, he's so good. He's so... You're
0: making Carol cry with his face, the face she has right now. I'm
2: telling you, man, I've been saying this for weeks. Like, Hangman needs a friend, like a real friend. None of these losers who are like, you know, oh, yeah, we'll be your friend, but then they're they're jerks.
1: Hangman looked like one I'm of those sad. dogs in an ASPCA commercial.
2: Exactly. <laughs> we just need Sarah McLachlan singing I'll Remember You.
1: And then, of course, what does he do? He gets a beer from the crowd. Yeah. One of those crowd beers. And, uh... He drinks up to 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 cover the loneliness. Yeah. It's just sad. It's just sad. They even mentioned it throughout the match that uh, Kenny mentioned that it looked like maybe Hangman has has laid off the drinking. He's really sharp this match. Uh, he's, he's laid back a little bit with the drinking, and you see afterwards, what does he do? He goes back to it. Just such yep. a good story. I don't know. I mean, I watched—if Dynamite was only Hangman and Kenny— and then everything else was raw level stuff, I'd still watch it. It is so it's it's better than it's any TV exactly. show I'm watching right now. Yeah. The story is so good. Hangman and Keen are doing such a good job with the elite. Oh, I love it. I love it. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Also yeah.
0: want to point out that Kazarian also had a banger a couple months ago with John Moxley. Mm-hmm. So please have Kazarian on TV more.
1: Yeah, he's so good and it's people act like he's like, oh, he's in the 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 twilight of his career. I mean, the man's what? 42? 42, I think. He's like 42. Jericho, you're one of your main event guys. 40 is 50. He's just about to turn 50. Yeah. It's like, come on, man. This guy's got six, seven, eight more years. Yeah. And he's really good right now. And some people, like Ric Flair, when he was in his prime, was 40? Yeah. I mean, that's really when wrestlers get into it. Give Mm -hmm. Kazarian a good story, man. I mean, he's got it. I understand Christopher Daniels wanting to be a little bit more of a backstage present right now. Yeah, it doesn't mean that Kazarian has to.
0: Agreed. AJ Styles put him over too. Yeah, he's so good, so so
1: good. Yeah, uh, and after that, we have MJF versus Sean Dean and Carol. Do you want to take us through the play by play of this match?
2: I'm sorry, there was an MJF match in this in this show. I don't remember.
1: Yeah, uh, there was. I mean, there's a lot of stuff to remember. I mean, there was a lot of intricate reversals and, and move sets. Uh, it really put the last match to shame.
2: <laughs> oh well, there was one point where I I think I sneezed. Did it happen during that? <laughs> you know, you close your eyes when you sneeze, so you can't see.
1: It is entirely possible. Uh, yeah. It was you know MJF really worked over Sean Dean's arm for like seven seconds, uh, and then the match was over.
0: So you know how good MJF is though, and I forgot about this until I'm sitting here looking at this recap. MJF is you know face to face with this local. Local yokel guy, right? Sean Dean. No one knows his hey, Dean. Hey, did.
1: put some respect on Sean Dean's name. He yeah. is another, he's, a, a, I'm either he's, either he's, either he's a terrific
0: star. I'm sure he's a terrific indie wrestler. But MJF, who is a superstar, looks at Sean Dean and instead, who has a taped up arm already, by the way, and instead of just going, I'm just going to put him in the salt of the earth, he pokes him in the eye first because <laughs> he's a jerk. Yep. It's perfect. It, that, that's a rowdy Roddy Piper rick flair move it is absolutely stupendous i loved it so good so good yeah and it is worth mentioning afterwards sean dean made like this long tweet as long as a tweet
1: could be and said seven seconds seven seconds is all i last and he tweeted at alex reynolds and john silver like hey y'all got any more of the kool-aid so <laughs> will we see sean dean in the dark order probably. probably not. probably not probably not no i don't i don't think so maybe on BC. Maybe he'll go to retribution oh man uh, I, I got to save it for later. I got to save it for later. <laughs> it just made me think of their mask.
0: How... <laughs> we'll talk about it. Oh, we'll man. talk about it. Talk about MJF's promo because it was a I I forgot about it. Raw, so, MJ- my, hatred, of- my hatred of Raw
1: is spilling over to my love of AEW. Would
0: Wait. you like me to go over it or do you have your notes?
1: Uh, I do have my notes. We'll we'll go over it here. Okay. Uh, basically, Wardlow comes in. He throws Sean Dean out of the ring. Yes. gives MJF the mic that he demands and he says because john moxley is a cheater that he should still be referred to as the undefeated undisputed uncrowned champion of all elite wrestling and if that's not a long winded uh verbose title i don't know what is and then he's like you know justin roberts you're gonna announce me right now announce me as what i just said and then justin roberts says it like called nonchalant he's like no justin roberts do it like you do john moxley And then Justin Roberts says it, and MJF is like basking. It's like, yeah, I'm I'm really the undefeated, undisputed, uncrowned champion volley. That's a lot of words. Yes. Uh, And then he goes in to say that he understands what he now has to do. He understands that in order to grow in AEW, he has to stop being a lone wolf and perhaps join a wolf pack to which he howls. And he puts up the too sweet symbol.
2: Is that what that sound was? <laughs>
1: yeah, that's what Uh-oh. it was supposed to be. And and obviously teasing everything uh, that they've been teasing lately. You know, he's teasing joining the inner circle. Uh, he's been teasing talking about Tully Blanchard recently. So will we see MJF in a stable? I don't know. I don't know. What, what do you, would you like MJF in a stable? How, how would you feel?
2: Here's what I think is cool. And this isn't an answer to your question. I'm sorry. But... AEW has made a habit of calling themselves out on things the fans have noticed. Mm -hmm. So like we've noticed and and, and a lot of people are like, geez, everybody is in a tag team, a stable, a group, a faction, a partnership of some kind. There's nobody just on their own. And so what do they do? They send out MJF who bluntly states, you know, everybody around here is in some sort of a team. Mm -hmm. And I just like that. I think it's very, it's just like, you know, they're aware of it. We're we're not trying to make it like it's not happening. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just funny because we've all commented on it. And now here they are just being very upfront about it. Like, yes, we know that's what we're going for. And it just, I don't know. I like that about it. I like that about it at AEW.
0: I am a big fan of stables. So. Yeah, same. So do you want to answer the question? Or would you like me to answer the question? Um, do you think you'd be I think stable?
2: the answer to the question is no. Okay. Yeah. Why is that? I don't. I don't think he needs anybody.
0: Okay. So originally, Chris Jericho won an MGF in the Inner Circle, mm-hmm. and they said no because he's going to do his own thing. And they were—I think they made the right decision. Um, this could be a hint because he uh, obviously, obvious NWO Wolfpack here, right? He said yep. Wolfpack multiple times. He did a weird howl. He threw up the two sweet. So yes, it, it, this could be a hint at NWO Wolfpack. But it could be a swerve where this puts him in the horseman. I don't think they can do a wolf pack. No, they can't. Yeah. Uh, not not in that way. I'm surprised they throw w up with a street being. sign, to be honest with you. Yeah. I think the reality is, I don't think he's going to be in a stable. I think this is just a red herring. If he was in a stable, I trust AEW enough to do it well. I don't want to see him in a stable where he's not the leader. Period. Because he's too good. I don't care that he's 24 years old. He's too good. So unless your leader is Chris Jericho, which he, I don't think he'll join the inner circle, I don't want to see anyone else be the leader over MJF. Mm-hmm. I think he's too big of a star. It shines too bright. And if you put him in a in, in a stable, whoever that leader is better darn well be able to talk or MJF is going to talk circles around him. Mm-hmm. So, you have to have Chris Jericho. You have to have Eddie Kingston. It has to be John Moxley, which obviously it won't be. So, no. I don't think that MJF will join a stable. Uh, but if he did, I trust AEW to do it. Yeah. So, we'll you, see. You know what they should do?
1: They should have MJF temp for all the different stables in AEW. They should have a one week where he's following around the inner circle, and he's like, you know, <laughs> you guys are too goofy for me. week where he's following around Eddie Kingston and his stable, and he's like, you guys are... Way too out there for me. You got mask and face paint. No, this is not for me. Uh huh. Having falling around like secretly following around the Jurassic Express. <laughs> yeah. Having <laughs> having following around Tully Blanchard and be like, you know what? Nah, my hair's too good to be in the stable. <laughs> <laughs> you know, different... He's got
2: like he's got like a notebook and he's just walking around <laughs> making notes and shaking yeah. his head.
0: That was actually a WWE thing and I can't remember who did it, but someone was like taking notes and then they just randomly dropped it. No, that's fine. That, sh- that would be that would be great. That's what they should do. They should have him follow, follow around,
1: have the different stables interview for MJF. You know, that would mm-hmm. that would be good. But yeah, I I don't know how I would feel about him being in a stable. I pretty much can, uh, can say the same thing you did, in that he needs to be a leader if he is. And I, I don't want to see him in Inner Circle either, because I think they're too goofy for MJF. Right. He's an actual heel. Inner Circle is kind of a goofy heel kind of thing going on. So yep. I, I don't think they would mesh very well. Um I could see him and the horseman playing the Flair role, but he's different. I mean, a lot of people say he's just like Flair, but he's different. He really is. Yeah. yeah. Um he's not always out there flaunting his wealth like like Flair does. He's more of a he's just a more of a bad person than Flair was, really. Uh yeah, but yeah I, I I don't know. If anything, the four horsemen, but even then he's not gonna want to be equals with guys like FTR. Right. I think we'll probably see him on his own, and I think his next big thing is going to be against Wardlow. And I don't know how I feel about that either, because one of them needs—they both need to win that. So, yeah, we'll we'll see. We'll see how that goes. But, speaking of stables, we then have Eddie Kingston with the Butcher, the Blade, and the Lucha Brothers. Yes. He comes out—he starts talking about how he never lost the Battle Royale, which— We did not notice when we were there live, but people online pointed out, hey, he went through the middle rope. He didn't actually lose. I don't know if that was intentional, if that's them covering their mistakes like they've done in the past. But he says, go back and watch it. I deserve a title shot. So we'll see how that goes.
2: Yeah. And again, yeah. they're just coming right out and saying it and they're, they're gonna, they're just yeah. confronting it instead of trying to pretend like, no, it didn't happen. Let's just all forget about it. Right. They're gonna confront it and they're gonna say, yeah, well, you, you guys noticed that that happened, whether they meant for it to or not. And they're, they're gonna yep. do something with it.
1: Yep. And they actually listen to their fans. Yes.
2: Ooh, yep.
1: What a novel idea. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, he comes out and he says that they're not really a stable, which, yeah, they are. So they're a family of violence. Okay. Whatever, uh, he sends Butcher and the Blade out to attack some some fans and Griff air, Garrison air quote fans. They hit uh, hit him with a double kick. He calls out Griff Garrison and he gets like curb stomped by Phoenix. Uh, there's some green haired guy. I don't know what's going on there. They beat him up a little bit, and uh, yeah. So I guess next time you are in the audience of AEW, watch out for the. Uh, the Butcher of the Blade and the Lucha Brothers. There's And Lance them. Archer. I mean, it's, it's a hazard it is, to sit ringside. It really is. It really is. That's why they don't allow anybody in the lower deck, I think. Right. It's not COVID. It's, it's the, the wrestlers. They're, they're, they're unhinged. They're out of hand. Tony Khan, <laughs> control your wrestlers. <laughs> uh, Eddie Kingston then ends the promo by telling the Blade that next up, they're going to put his house in order. So going back towards Alley. So I guess in Fabe. the Blade uh, is actually ally's husband and she really is with qt marshall so it's weird it's weird i really thought yes. it would be for butcher and the blade to go with some natural nightmares but i guess they started the whole thing and they're like we don't know where to go with this <laughs> so they're going here we'll see how it ends up uh, it's kind of weird kind of kind of weird mm. but let's jump into another match we've got private party versus the inner circle jake hager and chris jericho mm-hmm. and i'll be honest i was expecting almost nothing in this match yeah i only really like one person in this match if i'm being completely honest but you don't like private party i don't i really don't okay but i i did like the match i thought it worked out pretty well and and to jericho's benefit you'd think a legend of a nearly 50 year old legend with three younger guys well two younger guys and jake hager that he would not be bumping he wouldn't really have a whole lot to do in the match but he was bumping just like he was you know he did prime i mean he was going crazy multiple times multiple times yeah and it's like this is a tv match jericho calm down that's a tag team match on tv calm down
2: (laughs) calm down
1: back up but yeah i think private party did a really good job of getting over in this match they got more offense than i thought they would but of course they couldn't come up with the win And Jericho was able to win with the Judas effect on Orange Cassidy, on Isaiah Cassidy, man. Isaiah Cassidy. That's why he wrestled them. He wanted to take it out on another Cassidy. (laughs) The plot thickens. Long-term booking, folks. That's
2: right.
0: That's right. Yeah. I I don't think we have too much to say about that match. Let's move on. It was good. They beat the snot out of Isaiah Cassidy after the match. And then uh, Mark Quinn got a little bit, bit of heat back and Jericho and Hager ran away. Yeah. Yeah. It was okay.
1: It's okay, better than I expected. Yeah. Then we have Thunder Rosa versus Eva and I had a lot of a lot of high hopes for this match. I really did. I'm not been a yeah. huge fan of Eva but I am a huge fan of Thunder Rosa, and I haven't seen her in a bad match. And this wasn't a bad match. But no, I some was. of it
0: was very good. Eva just chose not to sell a lot of it.
1: Yeah, I think it was kind of just disappointing, really, for me. It was for the NWA Championship, so. This is the first time the NWA Championship, uh, women's championship has been defended in quite some time. They've been shut down due to COVID. Yeah. It's right here on AEW Dynamite, which is great. Uh Thunder Rosa got some great moves in. She drop-kicked Evelise into like next week, which is fantastic. And apparently Elise and Rosa did apparently have some real backstage beef, like some shoot bad thoughts about each other. Yeah. And at a few points in the match like Matthew was saying Evelise is really no-selling Thunder Rosa. And I didn't notice it when I was watching the match live. Yeah. But I did notice that I just didn't think the match felt right. Like it wasn't it wasn't clicking. They didn't have really good chemistry. But after seeing the clips afterwards, I mean, it's, it's definitely a problem. Correct. Uh, hopefully, Lee's corrects her attitude and is able to be a uh, contributing member to AEW's roster. Because she's had a lot of stuff going for her lately. So they won the Tag Team Cup. She's got the whole thing with Diamante. She's had more screen time than just about any woman here lately. Yeah. And I would I would hate to see her just throw it away just for pettiness. And yeah. She has went through a lot lately, to mention. Her house did burn down a few weeks ago. So right. that could put you in a bad mindset, I'm sure. Yeah. But still, you know, you're given this big opportunity. You need to you need to run with it.
0: She's been wrestling for a long time. and And personal stuff aside, because I absolutely feel for her, that's a horrible thing to happen. Yeah. But if you have something tragic go on, and then you go to your job, but then you just don't do your job, or you purposely do it poorly, you can't do that. Especially when that job is on national TV being watched by 900,000 people. So it was very unprofessional, and it, it was very disappointing. I hope that Tony Connor, someone sat her down and said, look, I know you're going through a lot. Or if he doesn't know, he says, look this can't happen on our show. This is a nationally televised show. You're a very talented performer and we would love to keep you on the roster. However, we can't allow temper tantrums like that. Can't do it. Because when she came in, I think I said on the show, I said, oh no, because I love Eva (laughs) Lise as a worker, but she has a tendency to have a bad attitude wherever wherever she is. Yeah. So it was disappointing to see this.
1: And like I told Matthew, if we're going to have somebody on AEW's women roster that has a bad attitude, it may as well be Tessa Blanchard.
0: Right. Yeah, so, just bring in the bigger star.
1: I mean, if you're going to have somebody with a bad attitude, bring in the biggest star you can. Yeah. And personally, I wouldn't want either one of them if they're having bad right. attitudes. Correct. You know, I would be fine with either one of them if they, they turn their act around, though. Exactly. I'm all about forgiveness. We'll, we'll bring them yeah. back in. Just move on. And uh, we'll we'll uh, help this women's division get uh, a little bit more on the map. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Thunder Rosa did manage to win with the Tombstone, which I thought was yeah. really cool because I haven't seen somebody actually do a good Tombstone in a long time. Yeah, and it was really good because the only person allowed to do it on WWE is the Undertaker, and he probably shouldn't be at his age because <laughs> it's just it's bad for his knees. He's he struggles with it, and. I think it's really good to have a woman wrestler do the tombstone as well, especially Thunder Rosa with her, like, um, half dead face, like, or like Darby Allen, I guess, but it's the, the day of the dead, uh, Mm -hmm. super cool. And not only that, when you're wrestling a woman who typically has long hair in wrestling, it stays safe
0: because it makes it look a lot better. Yeah. It makes
1: it look a lot better while remaining safe. Just really good. Like the tombstone. Want to see more of that. Um, yeah, so this this had a chance to be a really good match, and it was just it was just an okay match.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: afterwards, Diamante attacked Thunder Rosa, and Shida came in and broke it up. So she picks up uh, Thunder Rosa's NWA title that Diamante uh, had taken from her.
0: Thunder Rosa's Walmart championship.
1: <laughs> yeah, it looks worse than the AEW title they sell at Walmart for twenty bucks. It really does. It's not
0: a good looking title. This is no disrespect to Thunder Rosa. She's amazing, and the NWA is a very, has a very storied history. That is an ugly title. It has a storied
1: history of ugly belts, though. For being honest, yeah. <laughs> um, and it, it is cool how they have her face on there instead of just her yeah. name. I like that. Yeah, me too. But everything else, it doesn't look like metal. It looks like plastic. It's it's really yeah. bad. Um, but yeah, she uh, uh, Hikaru Shida picks up the NWA title. She looks at it and hands it over to Thunder Rosa. But she did admire it a little bit too long. So will we potentially yeah. see Thunder Rosa versus Sheeta for the NWA title this time? Mm-hmm. That would be interesting. Have Thunder I think Rosa we will. over. And then you've got both of them defending their titles. I think that'd be great. I want to see it. I'm all for more Thunder Rosa versus Sheeta. Let's do it. Uh, I would like to see some more sit-down interviews maybe for the women's division. Some promo time. Because uh, all they've had lately are matches. And I understand they're kind of spread thin. And Shida, is, her first language is not English, but she can do it in Japanese and they can put subtitles. And Even then, she's been doing really good learning English. Yeah, they did the subtitle thing with Riho and it worked out really well. I I, I think they needed to put a little bit more time with it. I understand the men's division is typically what gets viewers, but that's only because you haven't given your women's division much time. But yeah. there, I'll be honest with you, if I'm watching NXT, it's for the women's division. Yep. I'd rather watch the women's division NXT than anything else. So, I don't know. Uh, we've we've said that for I don't know how long has Dynamite been on the air, almost a year. A year. <laughs> so, we'll see if anything changes. Yeah. Uh, after that, we go backstage and seeing a very ripped Miro lifting weights with uh, Kip Sabian. They're talking about his. Actually, Miro comes up. She, he's like he's like 25, 26. And he's got like – it looks like 600 pounds. It's ridiculous. It's yeah. it looks, Also, let's talk about who's spotting Miro. Yeah, Bidelby yeah, yeah, Ford, <laughs> which is kind of awesome in the fact mm-hmm. that, that she, they're kind of putting off the idea that she can pick up that much weight as well. Right. Um, but, yeah, Miro pops up. He's shirtless. He just – he's jacked. He's way more jacked than I've ever seen him. And he's like, let me wrestle somebody. Let me kill somebody. Let me in the ring. And Kip Sabian like, calm down, calm down. Before that. We need to talk about the bachelor party, and Mira's like, "Oh, I'm so sorry you brought me in to be the best man. I'm gonna be the best man. I am the best man." And he's like, "You know, it's not gonna be like last week on Verdansk. For those of you who don't know, that's Call of Duty. So they're Twitch streamers. They're 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 shouting on Call of Duty. Yes. Honestly, if they keep up the whole Twitch streamer shtick, I think that will work so well for the eighteen. To, what is it, eighteen to thirty nine audience? Eighteen to forty nine. Eighteen to eighteen to thirty four. What about? Audience. What about what about the fifty plus? Man, I think fifty plus are more into like shark attack movies, <laughs> that sort of thing. So maybe there's another program that can uh, cater to them. <laughs> but no, I, I really do think that whole Twitch streamer gimmick is going to work very well for the younger audience because, man, I don't know a person under like the age of eighteen that like watches TV. They all, Twitch is such a huge thing. And I'm saying like, I'm a giant old person. I mean, I'm like, yeah, I'm married and have a mortgage, but I'm 23. So I'm not that old, (laughs) but I'm kind of disconnected. You know, I'm an old old man in my own ways, but Twitch, Twitch streaming is a really big thing. Yeah. And uh, I think it'd be a really good way for them to connect with the younger audience, bring in some video game reference. They're talking about the growl, which is the meta for call of duty. So yeah, I think that's really cool. And I am really stoked to see what they do with Kip Sabian and Miro because everything so far has been great.
0: Yeah, agreed. I thought it was great. I love Miro. We both marked out when we saw him there live. Yes. Um, This segment was fine. It was 45 seconds long, and that's all it needed to be. Yeah, it was a good way to get Miro back on TV. Yeah, agreed.
1: Uh, You then have Lance Archer, the murder hawk monster, coming in. He chokeslammed some random goon.
0: Jake. Pull him out of the front row. Watch out, guys.
1: Watch out. He's attacking they're attacking the audience. It's like a it's like at SeaWorld, the front two first two rows get wet. At uh at uh, AEW Dynamite, it's, the front two rows them. may get attacked. <laughs>
2: the attack zone.
1: The attack zone, that's
2: right.
1: Uh Jake Roberts comes in, he grabs a mic, he calls out Taz to the ring. Taz comes out. Taz says that Team Taz has agreed to Jake's terms. And you'll be asking yourself, what are their terms? Well, hold on, we'll tell you. His terms are that he's going to help Lance Archer get the title from John Moxley. But as soon as Lance Archer gets the title, Brian Cage is his first opponent. I'll be honest with you, kind of want Lance Archer to win now.
0: <laughs> it made sense to, at least it's not like WWE where they're like, these guys are bad guys, so they're friends. Ah, no, it's... They obviously you know what? Each other, They're like at each other's throat the entire promo. Yeah, I know. And it's like, we don't like each other, but we're doing this for the business side. We're going to help you take Mox out so you can win the title. And then when that happens, you're giving my guy the first shot, the guy that recently failed to take the title from Mox. Yep. So it, it works out really well.
1: I think either way, we'll probably get Lance Archer versus Brian Cage. So yeah. I'm fine with that. But they announced that they're going to have a six-man tag match against Moxley. Next week it's going to be Brian Cage, uh, Lance Archer, and Ricky Starks, and you got to think. Well, who's John Moxley going to have? I mean, yeah. he's a lone wolf. He doesn't have anybody in AEW, and you may be thinking, oh, maybe somebody from New Japan, maybe somebody from his past, maybe Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns are going to come in. Who knows? <laughs> but you have uh, John Moxley come in, and you look behind him, and Riley actually noticed that She's like, "That's Ricky Starks." I'm like, "What?" And there's a fan behind him in a mask, which there aren't any fans there. So, yep. you know, that little. Fort- yeah, there
0: were a couple people in that section just to, were pretending to be fans. But you could tell. No, I mean, if, if you watch the rest of the show, they had shots of the crowd and there was nobody there.
1: Well, they had shots of the crowd where there were people there, too. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> those were close ups. And that kind was of, when we were there a few. Kind, weeks
1: of, ago. kind of confusing. But, yeah, so it's Ricky Starks. He's got a mask on and it's in the same spot where John Moxley was attacked at All Out. So, pretty cool. They worked out into an mm-hmm. angle yep. here, but yeah, it's it's Ricky Starks. You got Brian Cage is there in the ring with Lance Archer, I believe, and uh, no, no, Brian Cage comes into the audience to attack Moxley with Ricky Starks, and then to who's, who, who comes out for Moxley's aid? You may be thinking, ah, man, I'm looking through the, the the roster, I just don't see anybody. Wrong. Willpower, Will Hobbs. Yep. Woo-hoo. I am all about Will Hobbs. He comes out with a chair, looking like a beast. Mm-hmm. Moxley announces announces that next week his partner is going to be Will Hobbs. It's it's so good. It's yeah. so good.
0: You've got he cuts one of the best promos I've heard in my life. It's he's so just put, so good. He put Hobbs over so well too, man. Yeah. And then the whole time Hobbs is being great. He's
1: shouting, He's like, I'm ready. Let's fight. Let's get yeah. at him. It's just like, come on, man. I'm ready for this. I am hyped for this match. I had, well, I didn't know this match was happening five minutes ago, but right. now the whole next rest of the week, I'm looking forward to this match. <laughs> so that's great. And then Moxley says, you know what? I've got somebody else. And he looks at the camera. He says, Darby Allen, get your stuff together. Get to Jacksonville next week. You're with us. So yep. we've got Darby Allen, John Moxley, and Will Hobbs versus Lance Archer, Brian Cage, and Ricky Starks. I am super hyped for that match. Me too. That is going to be so, so good. Uh, it's a six-man ta- tag match, which I, I do go for. The eight man is where I draw the line. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for Will Hobbs. From everyone I've heard say anything about him at AEW, he seems to be a really great guy. He's been around for a long time, and he's put in the work. Yeah. And
0: it's, it's great to see him get signed now. But uh, let's... I can, I kind of expected that I'm, after his showing in the Casino Battle Royale.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I didn't expect him to get teamed with Moxley though, like straight to the main event picture. Yeah. That's uh it's
1: pretty big stuff. Maybe he's uh maybe he's the next Brock Lesnar. You never know. I swear if he comes out with a shooting Star Press next week, I'm gonna be like, That's it. That's it. <laughs> Put the belt on him. <laughs> Got some early Brock Lesnar here. I don't think that's gonna happen though. He's no. a very, very big man. Yes. I just want him to beat people up. We'll be fine. But, uh, I think now it's time we talk about the five star main event.
0: It's the first five star match since the no crowd era began.
1: What is the other five star match? Was it Pack versus Kenny? Uh, I don't remember. I don't know. so this this ties this ties for me. it's it's close to I don't know, man. It's really hard. I loved Pack and Kenny so much.
0: Yeah, it was terrific.
1: I loved that match but I love this match too. They're completely different types of matches. So I don't think I'm going to compare them to each other. I'm going to say this is the best hardcore match I've seen on dynamite. This may be the best hardcore match I've seen ever.
0: And you may think you're being hyperbolic. Yeah. Tell them what Jim Ross said. Jim Ross said, this is the best street fight that I have ever called period ever, ever. And he's called McFoley. Uh-huh. He's called, I think it was
1: Triple H versus, uh, was it Mankind? Actually, on Raw. One time, it was really good, really good backstage brawl match. Yep. He's the one that called, it was a Hell in a Cell match, but he's seen some crazy stuff. Mankind yep. versus Undertaker.
0: I mean. He called The Rock versus Mankind in that empty arena match, which is basically a street fight. Yeah, yeah, I mean. It was awesome, too.
1: And not only that, it's great to see Jim Ross getting involved with the product. Right. You don't
0: always see it, but when it does, it, it turns out really well. He loved this. He did. I mean, why wouldn't you? This was just Also, we should point out that Jim Ross was amazing this week, but this show was pre taped. True. Yeah. So I wonder if they edited anything out. They <laughs> they could have edited things out.
1: They could have had him I don't know, they 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 did edit some things in before on the previous pre taped shows, and you could tell. Yeah. I didn't notice anything on this one. But uh maybe they maybe he didn't record live. Maybe he had yep. more time to think. Maybe that's what it went boiled down to. Maybe. But it was it was a good show. And the commentary was good. But yeah, this match reminded me of in the old games when you have the backstage brawls and you're trying to find everything in the environment and what each of them do, like does. Yeah. Like you try to throw them over here. Like I'm going to press X and see what that does. Yep. I mean, you had dust pans. Yep. You had windows. cars strip. were even
0: in a circle like the old video games. Yeah, yeah. had
1: great. cars lined around. You had the roofs of cars. You had trash cans, the hoods of cars, guardrails, plywood, and chains. I mean, yeah crazy crazy match
0: this at one match. point they
1: put ortiz under a hood and it's like jumped on the hood yeah just slammed like, him in oh, it i hope he's not dead i mean it's crazy i mean if you haven't watched this match go watch it, 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 it this, i can't i can't i can't say enough about it but at one point chuck taylor i, I didn't even notice this live chuck taylor is like knocked out at the back of a key, nissan Sentra or something and he's got the key fob in his hand and he presses the trunk button on the key fob, and out comes Orange Cassidy. Did you even notice this live? No, I, I was wondering how he came out of the trunk. I thought he, like, pulled the child release thing in the yeah. back. But no, Chuck Taylor clicked the trunk button on the key fob, releasing the Kraken of Orange Cassidy. <laughs> out <Off> the out <laughs> of the trunk, he hits, he hits, I think, Santana in the face with his orange punch, but he's got his hand wrapped in chains. So yep. good. And also what what show but the Ortiz and Santana? They had their faces painted from some old movie that only old people will know. You knew it. What was it? Dead Presidents. Tony Shavani pointed it out. Uh, yeah, okay. All right, old man, It's fine. Uh, a <laughs> little too old of a reference for me. But uh, yeah, you had you had Trent going through a windshield, and afterwards he's rolling around in the concrete and it stained the concrete with blood. Yeah. Ooh. oh my gosh. It was so good.
0: Yeah, you could see the glass in his back. It was this was a rough match, but it was terrific.
1: Yeah, they're going to be feeling it for weeks. And and uh-huh. and Santana even said on on Twitter, he was like, you know, I'm still buzzing after this match. It's not because of all the stuff we did. He says all the outpouring of love we've seen, all the people saying they love this match. How it's one of their all time favorites. Uh, it, it's it's great to see Santana and Ortiz get some love. They they haven't had, in my opinion, the best run in AEW that they've yeah. had in their career. And they, uh, spoiler alert, didn't come up with the win in this match. yeah. But, man, they're so good. They're so, so good. It's got to be soon, right? Their, their time has got to be soon. Uh, yeah. Best Friends did manage to win after Chuck Taylor hit Santana with a sit-down pile driver on a car hood. And then Trent, in the back of a pickup truck, standing on a piece of plywood, has Ortiz for a, what did you call it? It's like a reverse behind-the-back pile driver. Yeah, it's called a Crunchy. A Crunchy driver. I'm, I'm calling it, and that's also, what his,
0: That is his. That's what he calls it. I don't know if that's the official uh, name of the move. I assume no. If you if you notice beh- beneath the plywood, there was a small
1: crash pad. It there seems was. like they've learned protect <laughs> people's heads. It's yeah. kind of important.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And he and Ortiz goes through the plywood. It looked fantastic. He ends it in a sitting position for the pin. Gets the three count. Great way to end the match. Just just phenomenal. Sue pulls up in her newly repaired minivan. Yep. All the best friends are piling in. Trent's getting blood all over the upholstery. Oh, no. <laughs> and Sue begins to pull off, but she stops shortly after, sticks her hand outside of the window, and flips a bird to Santana and ortiz, she Tells them that, they, that she's their number one fan. <laughs> and I don't think that's a moment that uh, the viewers will ever forget. That's gonna nope. be that's got to be in the title card next week. They've got to have her flip the bird, and it blew up into the powder. <laughs> it's got to say "boom," let's go ignite, and then the bird comes up. Just got it. If they got to do amazing. it. If they don't do it, amazing. They do it. They're missing an opportunity. Hmm. Yeah, I mean this this dynamite. I I didn't like go into it like with a lot of expectations. Yeah, really good. One of the best episodes I've seen in a very long time. Agreed. It's not perfect, so I'm gonna give it an A. But
0: okay. it's a very good, good episode. What do you say, B-Dubs?
2: I agree. I think I would say the same. I didn't have much in the way of expectations. I thought, oh, well, it's not live. I mean, it's live, but it's not, um, you know, there's no fans and we're not there. And this will be nice to sit on the couch and not be outside in the heat and get to watch it. But it, I was really quite, uh, uh, quite entertained. Yeah. Quite wrestling entertained. And um, I give it an A.
0: Yeah. A is a great score for this, and I really want to give it an A plus just because it was so. Some of the stuff was so exceptional. I mean, that parking lot brawl was out of this world. Hangman and Kazarian was great. Um, I loved the opening tag match, even though you guys didn't. But I, I can't give it an A plus because it wasn't perfect. The Evil-East stuff kind of threw it off. But it-, it was just good. Like literally, the show was halfway over, and I looked at my wife and I said, "Is it really already nine o'clock?" Because I was just expecting, this, time flew by. And let me tell you, we watched the last hour of Raw live last night. And it took seven hours to get through those 60 <laughs> minutes. It, does it feel like you're still watching it? I, I'm telling you, man. So I just, it was, it was just an exceptional show. AEW does just such a good job putting things together. When they make mistakes, they wrap it up in a little bow. It was just so good. It was just so good. So that is AEW Dynamite, unless either one of you want to add anything else. I I think that's it. I think that's all the good stuff we've got to go over with for the night. (sighs)
1: So we'll
0: talk about everything else. Actually, SmackDown wasn't bad. So uh, we're going to we're gonna get this SmackDown. down. We're going to run over a couple silly things that happened. Uh, and then we're going to bury Rod. Ra- we're going to flush Rod down the toilet like the excrement that it is. And then it'll get drained into the ocean and eaten by a shark. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, we're going to pay some bills and we'll be right back.
1: This is Aiden Knight and you are listening to Wrestle Life Radio.
0: So we're back, ladies and gentlemen. Do we have to? Listen, we're going to talk very briefly about SmackDown. I have two weird... And again, SmackDown was good, so I don't want to crap all over it. But there are two things that we really have to talk about.
1: Okay.
0: Uh, and then we have a lot to go over with Raw. A lot. So SmackDown might literally take five minutes. Okay. So, here's your wrestling for the week, ladies and gentlemen. As AEW was going off the air, you saw four... No, five with Orange Cassidy. Tough SOBs. Six with Sue. And they had absolutely destroyed each other. Mom had a big old middle finger to the bad guys. Mm -hmm. What a cool visual. Then SmackDown opens and the Miz gets stripped to his underwear. Well, to be fair, Sean Spears also got stripped to
1: his underwear. He did. (laughs) And it was terrible. And also, why does the Miz care if he was stripped to his underwear when it covers more than his tights do? Yeah. Mm
2: -hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, hmm. yeah, it was it was incredibly dumb.
2: So, but are we going back to uh, boxer matches, boxers uh, and panties matches?
1: I hope not. <laughs> boxers and panties matches. <laughs> Let's do he it. He made
0: some joke about Otis wearing tiny whiteies because Otis is a dork. Then Otis ripped off Miz's clothes, revealing that Miz wears tiny whiteies.
2: Hmm. Oh, this involved Otis. Yes. Oh, this that just, this just gets
0: worse. Also Morrison and Mrs. Like they insulted Otis and then Otis comes out and instead of like running down because he's angry, <laughs> he like jo- he like he's waving his arms, doing all his entrance stuff, then hit him and Tucker beat him up. And it was just so stupid.
1: Yeah. It's pretty yeah. dumb that when people are angry they wait for their entrance music and they even have entrance music because they're not they're not scheduled to come in. All right. Technically.
2: There's just a guy sitting right outside the uh the door, you know, into the, the way, into the, into the arena. And he's hot. He has a boom box. Yep. And they're just like, here's my tape, you know, on their way out.
0: That's yeah. And Otis walks by and he's like, it's number three. <laughs> I just, I don't get it. Anyway, that was dumb. And then, uh, Micah,
1: <laughs> did you see Know Your Bro? Oh gosh. I heard about it. I didn't see it. I don't want to. I don't I want Matt Riddle
0: see. to begin with, so. I want to explain because Carol also hates Matt Riddle. So, I'm really excited to tell you about this. So, Matt Riddle is on TV. And I, I noted on here, September 18th, 2020 is the day Matt Riddle was ruined by WWE. yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Matt Riddle, this hardcore MMA guy who had these amazing, rough, tough bouts with the likes of Chris Hero, whatever his NXT name is, and Timothy Thatcher. He came on SmackDown and he said bro people keep asking me why i say bro all the time and the reason for that is because the word bro can be you know used in so many different ways watch and then he like looks down and then raises his head and says bro and then it says happy on the screen then he does it with a sad face and he goes bro and he's like wiping the tears and then he does this like six or seven times and then it's over. And I'm just sitting there just, I I just, I don't understand. Like, Matt Riddle is, whatever you think of the gimmick, inside the ring, he's very good. And I just don't get it. And I, I just, can anybody, can any of these new people get over? Because we're going to talk about this on exactly. Raw. Exactly.
2: Because if Biggie and Xavier Woods had done this, it would have been funny.
0: It would have. It would have
2: been gold. But they Matt Riddle did not need to do this. No. We don't need to see Matt Riddle the clown. We don't right. need that. Yeah. It's not he doesn't have a humor gimmick. It he doesn't have that personality and he's supposed to like you said, he's supposed to be like, you know, he has a thing. He's got a, a personality going. Yeah. Why do they why? Why are we ruining people?
1: You know what I don't get? I don't You've got people like Matt Riddle and, and, and everybody on NXT, pretty much, came up in the indies, right? Right. So in the indies, you typically have to write your own material, right? I mean, Often, you, yes. You generally write your own stuff. And in order to get over in the indies and to a degree in which you're in now in the WWE, you have to at least be decently good at writing your own material. Who wrote this? Mm-hmm. It wasn't Matt Riddle.
2: Mm-mm. No. There's
1: no way. Really not. No. Because no grown... <sighs> No grown athlete's gonna go out there and you're like, you know what I should do? I should do this. Right. I Just mm-hmm. he, let just let him write his own stuff if you can't do any better than this. Come on, guys. Who, Doesn't this
0: segment just reek of this, man? Mm-hmm.
1: I don't even know anymore. Like, <laughs> are there people out there who watch this show and enjoy it? I don't know. I, I mean, yes.
2: I mean, based on the comment sections of certain things. Yeah, man. Yes. Tell, tell me about it. Yes. Anytime just... AEW
1: posts something, I'll get in the comments and I'm like,
0: nope, yeah. i a mistake.
2: Yep, yep. And I'm like, oh man, don't get involved. Don't get involved. <laughs>
0: <sighs> I just, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. But SmackDown so had a lot of good things, but that's no fun to talk about. Uh, but all kidding aside, it, it was a decent show. And uh, yeah, AJ Styles versus Sami Zayn. That's what I Jeff was Hardy about to say. The ladder. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Are, are, are you stoked about... Jeff Hardy, and Sami Zayn, and AJ Styles I in a triple wait. threat ladder match. That's can't literally, wait. like, I'm not planning on watching Clash of Champions. I I'm, am. Because I'm going to watch that match. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to go back afterwards and watch that match. I mean, I'm not going to watch the whole show because I'm not putting myself through that. But I will watch that <laughs> match.
2: Here's the deal. I worry. Whenever we're talking about a WWE show and he says... I'm so excited. I go, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. They're going to break his heart, and I'm going to have to pick up to pieces.
0: He's going to be hanging Adam Page in there. <laughs> I'll just be sad, and I'll look around. There'll be no WWE shows around that are any good, and I'll just like, be sad, and I'll go grab a cream soda from the fridge and chug it.
2: <laughs> Drown your sorrows in vanilla. <laughs> oh.
0: oh. um. What I'm just laughing thinking about raw. We have to talk about this. Um and we're going to start talking with retribution because oh my god. Oh my god. So <laughs> retribution opens raw and Todd Phillips tells us that they have all received WWE contracts. So
1: I'm done. That's it. All right. <laughs>
0: Good job.
1: I've got I'm done. That's it. <laughs> That's all you need to say. We're three minutes into the show. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so they—they've they've been told we got WWE contracts, and and then Mia Yim, who is a, so obviously Mia Yim, mm. like you can see the hair. They reveal like these new masks. The masks look—it's like Dollar
1: stupid. General Bane cosplay.
0: Yes, I'm telling you. I don't know if this man watched the Dark Knight. Rises. I don't know if he watched Mad Max or I don't know if he watched the Ninja Turtles from 1990 because they look like generic G.I. Joe or Ninja Turtle enemies.
1: I'll be honest with you, it looks like a triple X parody of the Dark Knight Rises. That's what these costumes look like. And and CM Punk actually pointed it out. I showed this to Matthew. One of the guys is wearing a paper plate. It's literally like a paper plate with holes cut in it. What is going? These guys have been harassing Raw for weeks. They're still yep. interfering right. with the live feed. And yeah. you, Vince know, McMahon, oh, let's give these guys a shot, pal. Let's sign them.
2: What? And then these guys were like, Raw sucks. You're all awful. Oh yeah, we would like a job.
0: <sighs> what? What's so great about it is not only did WWE sign them, which is the most, which is the dumbest kayfabe thing in the world, then Mia Yim cuts a promo. And calls the other wrestlers whores for collecting a paycheck, which is exactly what they are now going to do because they just signed new contracts. And I'm sitting here and I'm like, this she did, she did not, like, she did not say that. And that's exactly what she said. And I just don't, it, it might've been Dominic Dijakovic. They both had a promo and they were both terrible and nothing against them. They're amazing. Mia Yim is solid. Dominic Dijakovic is one of my favorites in WWE. But this retribution stuff is, are, are they, are they seriously the worst group ever? Are they, are they the worst stable ever? Because I think so far they are. I, I really do. I, I prefer the Spirit Squad, if I'm being honest. <laughs> I do too. I mean it's just miserably bad. Also, and when Todd Phillips said, and I don't mean to cut you off, I want to say one more thing and ahead. I'll let you talk. When Todd Phillips said Retribution has contracts, Jerry Lawler, the voice of reason, Jerry the King Lawler, says out loud, How did that happen? I'm like, Yeah, Jerry, how did that happen? I just don't get it. And not only that,
1: Mia Yim, who is clearly Mia Yim, yes, is is married to Keith Lee, right? Right in in NXT in kayfabe they were married they they had yep. segments together they had promos together they're married she just attacked her husband
0: yeah well, I don't know if they're married but they're definitely a couple couple whatever
1: whatever they are yeah. I, what this uh, well I guess it's not it's not uh, it's not Mia Yam it's actually um uh what are they calling avocado <laughs> uh what what is your name.
0: So the girls don't have names yet, but the guys, Dominic Dajakovic is T Bar, Dio Madden is Mace, and Shane Thorne is Slapjack.
2: All right. Which I was going to make a joke. Jack?
0: Yes. I was going to make a joke, a slap nuts joke for Jeff Jarrett, but you can't. Be more insulting than Slapjack. I'm like, T-Bar, that's dumb. Mace, that's kind of generic. And then they said Slapjack, and I'm like, no, that's not really his name. Okay. I just can't, I can't believe it. I, so you mentioned Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles earlier.
1: Yes. That is, that's exactly where he got his inspiration. Because Casey Jones. next week, we're getting Bebop and Rocksteady coming out. <laughs> uh. Just what is going on? Is this a child? Like, is this a children's show? This, I think so. This is a children's I really show, do. right?
2: I thought they were trying to be edgy. Yeah,
1: they're That's trying. They got they got raw underground. They said "whore" on TV. That's they right. did.
0: Yeah. What is going on? Did I th- just don't get it. It, it. it it is the most poorly booked thing, and like, it's so comical because it's so obnoxiously bad. It is so funny and so miserably horrible. It it I actually can't. it physically hurts me. Yes. It physically hurts me. Yes. It's, it's that bad. <laughs> uh speaking of bad, Seth Rollins gave uh had a paternity test that said, Rey Mysterio. And then he like pauses. You are because it's more Povich, right? Yeah. Not the father. And Ray's like, bro, this has been done. Like, what stop dragging my family's name to the mud. And then, and honey, I'm gonna let you talk about this because I see it in your face. <laughs> then Seth Rollins is like well, maybe, you know, I, I told the guy to check on Rey Mysterio's child. Maybe it's not Dominic. Maybe it's Aaliyah. And the crowd's like, ooh, even though there's no crowd, because it was clearly piped in. And then Carol goes, I don't think that's how that works. <laughs> like, you can't just, like, do a paternity test. So go ahead, honey. Okay,
2: so let me set, let me set the scene for you. We're going to back up. <laughs> I'm sitting in the living room. I'm sitting on my comfy couch. I've got a blanket. I've got a book. I'm watching a YouTube, like, chill video, right, in the background. I'm comfortable. And then Matthew comes out and says, can I watch the last hour of Raw here? And I'm like, sure. That sounds like fun. It was not fun. (laughs) Because my peaceful evening was interrupted by Seth Rollins and a paternity test. And I said, we're not doing this, are we? You're too tall to be his son. (laughs) And then it devolved into, well, actually, maybe it turns out she's not your daughter. And I'm like, did you run the test on her as well? Like, that's not how they work. Like, Where did you get the DNA it? from?
0: Exactly. And, yeah. is it just, and it just... then, yes, I
2: said, I said, you know, it's, it's illegal to steal <laughs> DNA from people, I think. I mean, maybe it's not. It should but be. I feel like there's, there's like HIPAA and all those medical records and like privacy issues, right? So I feel like this is not okay. This isn't this isn't Mari. Like nobody approved this test. So I'm very upset about the whole situation.
0: Also, like, does it does his papers just say Rey Mysterio and Child? Like does it not make yeah. it clear who and the I, child was? And
2: I literally said, like, Seth is standing there holding it and he said, Ray, and I said, You're not the father. And he <laughs> said, You're not the father. And I'm like, oh my God. We're yeah. doing this.
1: It, did they not we're like, Dominic has a lot of estrogen. What is going on here? <laughs> What? Oh. So, I'll be honest with you. I 100% at one point in this feud expected Seth Rollins to come to the ring in an I'm your poppy shirt. Yes. And yes. it should have happened. It should have happened. But this is dumb. This, yeah. This is dumb. So, I assume that Seth Rollins and Dominic will be facing off at Clash of Champions. I don't know. I just assume because they've wrestled each other for the past eight years. So, is that is that happening? I don't know. I don't keep up with it. I don't care.
0: I don't know. I assume so. A bunch of other rematches are happening. Cesaro destroyed Grand Metalik or one of the Lucha House parties, so now they get a title shot at Cluster Champions. And oh, by the way, the Street Profits are wrestling Andrade and Angel Garza, who last week broke up. They fought each other. They've literally... We've seen them wrestle like six times. They've been wrestling since COVID started six months ago. I just don't get it. I don't get it. Mm. so stupid so, I'm glad I don't watch this show yeah I mean yeah I, I couldn't watch the whole thing I really couldn't so Kevin Owens is cutting a promo with Shane and Shane's out there to promote Raw Underground now if we're watching Raw probably gonna see Raw Underground you don't see Alexa Bliss show up on the Kevin Owens show and she's like I want to promote a moment of bliss no that's not how it works Raw Underground is a part of Raw you're going to promote it. It's not on a different channel. It's not a different time. It is literally in the middle of the show, of the program. You're forced to watch it. Yeah. You can't, you can't not watch it unless you change the channel or turn it off. Which many do. Yeah. So I don't understand. Shane calls out Dabakato, and Kevin Owens is like, I knew you were going to do that. So I told Braun Strowman to come. Braun Strowman comes out, and then Shane's like, no, no, no. We're saving this around to ground later, and I'm like, why? Are you have this underground fight club, and now you're mixing it with a live show? Right. It just doesn't. It, it's so stupid. Right. It's just so dumb. I don't. I don't get it. I really don't. Yeah. It makes me sad.
2: And like, I just. I don't know. I used to like Shane. He jumped off of stuff that he shouldn't have been jumping off of, and he did all these cool stuff. And then the heel turn was just so poorly executed, mm-hmm. and it's just all been downhill for the last what year? Yeah, a year or more of this. It's I just I'm sad. Like yeah. I'm sad. I'm sad. WWE. <laughs> well Raw, done.
1: Raw Underground is basically for the person who's like, Hey, I like UFC, but you know, what would make it better if it were shorter, fake, and the commentary is just Shane McMahon going, "Ooh, watch it. Hey, watch, What a wow! What a <laughs> wow! Only a shaky on cam. only on Raw Underground. Cut, cut, cut,
0: cut. Zoom in. Shaky cam.
2: <laughs> yeah."
0: And strippers. Strippers. Don't forget the strippers. They were only there for one week because that was not PC. No. (laughs) It's in the PC. (laughs) (laughs) I don't get it. And also, Dabba lost. Braun Strowman, who is the biggest joke since the Big Show. No disrespect. I love the Big Show. But Braun Strowman is poorly booked. He got defeated by Tyson Fury. He always gets destroyed and gets like, he loses by a 10 count because you can't pin the guy. He never does anything until Roman Reigns is like, i oh, back out because of COVID. We've got to put the title on someone and it can't be Goldberg. So let's give it to Braun Strowman, let him have the worst run with the title, it, like maybe ever. Look, and sometimes then, sometimes you got to give the young guys the rub, you know? Yeah, you're right. <laughs> but they don't do that. <laughs> I get the joke. I get the joke. But he beat Dabakato in two minutes. Like This is the monster that Raw Underground was supposed to build up. This is the reason that I thought we were doing this, to build up this new seven-foot guy. Now, is Dabakato any good? I don't know. He's been signed for like four years. Maybe he sucks. And this is just something to go, I'll just give Braun Strowman some fodder. Maybe. But why not build up the new guys? Why not give them an opportunity? I don't get it. Also stupid. Lana went through a table again in the exact same manner she did last week. So last week, Nia Jax was angry. She put Lana through a table. This week, Nia Jax is angry. She put Lana through the table. It was literally the same thing. If Miro we'll gets another, another segment next week,
1: Lana's going through another table.
0: Yeah, probably. So I don't know. Liv Morgan and Ruby Riot were out there on commentary. And basically they put Lana through the table. And then Liv and Ruby, the baby faces, ran away because they were scared. So, I don't know. I would probably run away from Shanna Baszler, but it's poorly done. Uh, And uh, in closing, Akira Tozawa was eaten by a shark. So I'm sorry, what? Akira Tozawa was eaten by a shark.
2: Oh, I thought you said Akira Tozawa was eaten by a shark. You couldn't have said that.
0: Akira Tozawa was eaten by a shark.
2: I'm
1: done. I'm done. So, So, growing up, I started wrestling in about 2003. It was the Ruthless Aggression Era. And I always thought, what was 2000 WCW like? I'm glad that now I have my answer. You do? Yes. How long until Dominic Mysterio's mom is on a forklift?
0: (laughs) That would be... Oh my gosh, I would buy that pay-per-view. If it was $50, I'd be like, yes. Yes, Mama Mysterio on a forklift, I'm in. Long as Buff Bagwell's like in the front row cheering.
1: <laughs> and he just comes on, I'm Buff. I'm the stuff. Uh, Great. Man.
0: I wanna I wanted to explain to you guys how this shark eating thing happened.
1: I want you to because I didn't watch Please. it because I'm not going to.
0: So Kiran and a ninja and a referee shirt are on the beach and he's like, "Ah, oh, our true said gonna be here. We need to hide. Get in the hold water. On. Hold on. Does Why this? is the ninja in a referee shirt? I don't know. If he's done a character that was signed. I don't know. <laughs> so they go into the friggin' ocean to hide because they're ninjas. And so truth comes out here and he's like, I got my two best friends with me. The 24-7 title and Little Jimmy. And I popped and I'm like, Little Jimmy's back. I love Little Jimmy. So he's pretending to hold an invisible child's hand. And so he got and R Truth is terrific in this, okay? I this segment is Jimmy. miserably stupid. But R Truth is just he's great. He's great. So basically they they're the ninjas, Akira Tozawa and Ref Ninja, I'll call him, are in the ocean and they see R truth coming. And they're like, oh, we're gonna we're gonna get him. But R Truth sees a shark, which he screams, Shark! Shark NATO! And then Akira Tozawa and the ninja who are two incredibly brilliant people, turn around and swim out into the ocean. Yes, they are waist deep. But instead of running into the land, they turn around and start to swim into the ocean. is a real thing that happened. So R-Truth is tripping around being stupid because he's R-Truth. He drops his 24-7 title, which gets dragged into the ocean he comes back with a wetsuit and flippers and uh what's the <laughs> thing that you put your mouth in you can it's like a, shape, like, a shape like, like a J, a snorkel. like a snorkel yeah and he's like we're gonna find it little Jimmy and so he finds the title and he rescues little Jimmy who was getting dragged out in the water and then he sees like this black ninja suit and I don't remember the exact quote but it he's like oh this is why you don't go out in the water with a shark little Jimmy because you get eaten just like tazawa I'm like, what?
2: Oh, it's not even funny or clever or random. No, it's
0: they don't just like they don't show like a shark eating him. Thank God. Thank but God know I, just... I would I would <laughs> pay money for that pay per view. Remember the pay per view where there was a giant octopus monster that was attacking? Uh, this is when the ninjas debuted. <laughs> that was attacking the street props and oh the bike. Yes, that. the uh,
2: the trash <laughs> compactor died. And I remember thinking it
0: can't get any worse than this, right? <laughs> This was not worse than this, than that, but it was, it was pretty bad. So I just like, it has been well accepted that this is one of the worst Raws ever. Ever. And if I were to grade it, it would be an F like this, this, there was nothing, nothing redeemable about this raw. There were like two good matches. There were multiple disqualifications. I think there were three disqualifications on this show. Apollo Crews beat Cedric Alexander via roll-up because of a distraction. That's right. The good guy beat the bad guy via roll-up because of distraction. This was the dumbest and most mind-numbingly stupid Raw that I have seen in a long time. But the good thing is, I got to watch it next week because Kyle's going to be back. (laughs) And I didn't watch it this week. And I think the reality is, and and, uh, we'll talk to Kyle about it, but I don't know if he wants to waste five hours on WWE every week. And I tell you, I'm not going to do it. Like, I I can't watch this. Like, just watching this last hour of Raw, I think three different times I grabbed my remote and I'm like, I'm done. And Carol was like, well, you know, the show's almost over and I'm fixing to go to bed. You you play on your phone. I'm like, okay. So I halfway paid attention and it just, it was so dumb. Retribution was in the main event. This is Retribution's first match. It was on free TV and it was a disqualification. Oh my God. Oh my God. It's a shame to see a new
1: signed talent not get an actual good first match. (laughs) So, Uh, I just, I don't get it. Like, they have so much good stuff going for them. Drew McIntyre is one of the best champions I've ever seen. He's so good. Randy Orton, so good. Keith Lee, fantastic. The Hurt Business, fantastic. They're great. How do you make such a bad show with all of this
0: talent? I don't get it.
2: And Why is it still three hours long? Yeah. Well, money. Why?
0: the The creative of Raw and SmackDown, and, and SmackDown has been decent for a couple weeks. He used to work creative overall, very loosely. <laughs> yeah. Overall, for this year, it has just been woeful. And I'm not going to sit and watch and waste five hours of my my time. Five hours of my time to watch Raw and SmackDown to watch this this dumpster fire. This actual sewage of a TV show. I'm not going to do it. And I would recommend none of you do it either. So, it got the fourth lowest rating of the year. Well deserved, because it was miserably stupid. The Thunderdome has lost its luster. Oh, yeah. It was good for a week, maybe two. And the reality is, if they don't do something, they're going to keep dropping. Mm -hmm. Do you know whose ratings are going up? There's two shows who is getting... Uh, ratings are going up. AEW, Dynamite, and NXT. You know who isn't a part of either of those shows? Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Or so Retribution. I, yeah, <laughs> right, right. So I, I just, I just, I long for the day where NXT and AEW combined beats Raw in the ratings. I long for it. It's and not right, far think, off
1: right now. I or think they're the best that they've done... This week?
0: I think it was 1.4, 1.5 is the best that they've done. And mark my words, in the next six months, it will 100% happen. And in the next two years, Dynamite will get a better rating than Raw. 100%.
2: 100%. We we talked about, I mean, we think AEW is going to have a second show. Yeah. They're going to eat. They're going to eat everybody's well, lunch.
0: It, that might not be a wrestling show, though. We They still haven't announced exactly what it's going to be. Sure. So I, I don't know. But I just, I can't, I don't get it. It's just so poor. And again, I've mentioned it multiple times. I want to do a roundtable on this. This is not new for Vincent Man. Everyone's like, oh, Vincent Man, he's lost it. He used to be a genius. No, the dude has always been a genius businessman. He has never in his life been a good booker. Ever. He's lucked into he lucked into Bret Hart, he lucked into The Rock, he lucked into Stone Cold Steve Austin, and and he has to have that type of uh, what would you say transcending superstar to actually make his show watchable. You know, John Cena was a terrific talent, and he was booked horrible, but he had people come in right. So he this man decides I'm just gonna I'm just gonna make a new one. Make a new one. We're going to have Roman Reigns now. And it failed miserably until he turned heel two weeks ago. Last time he did that was Lex Luger trying to replace Hulk Hogan. And we all know how that turned out. Spoiler! Really, really poorly. So again, this show isn't about how Vincent Man is a madman and a terrible booker, because we are going to have that. But just, my gosh, don't watch Raw or SmackDown. Don't do it. Listen to our reviews. Go. There are tons of reviews online. Read them. Watch them. Tons of stuff that are significantly more entertaining than numbing your brain for three hours to watch WWE Raw. I, I just, and if it's good again, watch it. I want WWE to succeed, right? We all do. Yeah. We want them to succeed.
2: Yeah, there was a time when I was very, I would have like, what, Tuesday was the only day we weren't watching wrestling. Yeah, and that like, was like oh, a bummer a day. day. Yeah. So, but now I, I don't I don't want to waste my time. I no. don't, it feels like a waste of time. And yeah. I just don't.
0: The same matches over and over. It's terrible creative. It's stupid decisions for people that you really like. I was so excited for Dominic Dijakovic to come up. And now he's the leader of the dumbest and, stable I've ever seen. And
2: we're not even seeing his face. We're not hearing his name. No. It's terrible. It's
0: not Dominic they're, Dijakovic. They're literally It's T-Bar.
2: Yeah, and they're literally trying to hide who he even is. So for all we know, Dominic Dajakovic disappeared.
1: Yeah. And also, I have to mention, they're all wearing masks, right? Yeah. We're in the COVID era. Not a single one of their masks covers their mouth. No, no. <laughs> they have holes over their mouth so they can purposely
0: spread spittle and whatever. It's just, ugh. Also, poor Mia Yim, when she was cutting her promo, like, her mask kept moving so she kept trying to adjust it.
2: Oh, so it they was, didn't practice in that. It
0: was just bad. Uh-huh. So that's WWE for the week. Sorry, folks. I know we tore it a new one, but you know what? We're all just tired. We're all just tired. And we really just want a good product. Will Class of Champions be good? We'll see. I think it's guaranteed to have at least one good match on the card. And you know what? I skipped over it. But the ending of SmackDown was really good. Roman Reigns as a heel is absolutely terrific. Jey Uso has no idea what's coming for him on Sunday. And he is going to die. Roman Reigns is going to absolutely murder this child. And I'm okay with that. So we will have a Clash of Champions preview this weekend. Um, I'm not sure if Kyle will be back on that. We will. We will. I'm not doing it alone. Speak for yourself. (laughs) (laughs) So we'll see how that goes. But I think the reality is, you know, I I just don't know. I don't know. WWE's weird with their pay-per-views. The ones that are, you know, seemingly unimportant can be good. And the big ones are usually bad. So it could be good. We'll see. I have zero
2: hope. <laughs> <laughs> zero hope. No oh my hope gosh. At all.
0: Would you do you have anything you'd like to add before we close, honey?
2: Um just watch AEW. <laughs> just do it. Just do it. I don't I don't know how you feel. And and those of you who are the oh, AEW's picking up the leftovers from WWE. No. People are jumping ship and they're now they're living happy lives. Right. They're happy. And they're successful, and they're going, oh, this was the dream, and now I'm living it. And that's, yes, don't we want that for people? What is so, what happened to you? Who hurt you so much that you want people to continue living these stunted, compressed, depressed, horrible lives with WWE? What's wrong with you? How dare you?
1: So we should start a hashtag, hashtag free the roster.
2: (laughs) Hashtag Tony Khan, sign Wardlow, please.
0: Yes. Yeah, for real. <laughs> Get him out from under MJS' thumb. Oh, my gosh. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been episode 131 of Wrestle Life Radio. Thank you for putting up with us and letting us tell you about this ridiculous WWE, oh, my gosh, retribution in all caps. Oh, my gosh. You can follow Micah online at nowhere. B-Dubs, where can we follow you? Uh,
2: Instagram, YouTube. Mm Wordpress.com. It's carolson, C-A-R-O-L-E-S-E-N-N, all one word.
0: You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at WrestleLifeMatt. You can follow us all on Instagram and Facebook at WrestleLifePod. Excuse me, WrestleLife Radio. And on Twitter at WrestleLifePod. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for hanging out with us. We very much appreciate you. We hope you enjoyed whatever you got from this. Because, oh my gosh, we enjoyed tearing it down. We hope you all have an absolutely... Wonderful day. Au revoir, Mika. <laughs>